Hi, I'm Rosie, and this is your invitation to join me in my weekly musings where I go into a little bit more of soul searching. The stories of our life create a beautifully colored tapestry, interwoven by connecting threads. When we follow these threads that are tugging at our heart, we're open to each other's creativity and higher artistic frequencies. So here at the Mystic Rose Studios in the Pomona Arts Colony, you might hear some quirky sounds from the urban setting, but wherever you are, and in the midst of all your quirky sounds all around you, I invite you to join me and keep following those threads. So (laughs) this week has brought up so much stuff inside me. To put into perspective, um, if you're listening to this and it is not when this is released, we have since March been quarantined, scared to get this virus that is killing people confused by contradictory experts' opinion about how contagious it is, what we should do, masks, no masks. Some people protesting that it's fake and not wearing masks. and It feels like... <laughs> It feels like April wanted to out to March and say, "Oh, there, March, you have a, you have a virus. Here you go. I'm April, and we're gonna quarantine." And then May didn't want to feel left out and kind of joined hands with June and said, "Nah, that's nothing. Let's." Stir up some real shit, some real dark shit. We witness evil. That's what it was. A man abusing his power, his power of his position. And wanted to see the man under him suffer. That is at the base level what we saw. Throw in all kinds of the other layers. That the authority that he had was a position to protect and serve. He, and I can't even call him a police officer, because he was just evil. And that comes in all kinds of different places and ways. We can see that abuse from 
religious leaders, politicians, doctors, salesmen, <laughs> parents, students, teachers, it doesn't matter. That feeling of superiority and taking advantage that you are in a position to, 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 to control another. And we trust that the people that rise to these positions are going to keep their emotions, their personal feelings in check. <laughs> but humans are so complicated. There's so much emotion involved. I have a really unique perspective and it was it's one that has numbed me honestly and I've been praying for how to genuinely express this without being taken out of context, I guess, because that's what it is. We all see what we want to see. And when we see something that rubs us the wrong way, we have a choice. We can either f stop and really think about that, or we could just make it fit our narrative. And I know we have all, we all do that. We all can do that. Whether it's like justifying buying a handbag that you know you can't afford, but you really want it. And you can tell yourself, okay, I'm going to, you know, sell some stuff and then I'll have the money for it when I get home or, but that handbag will replace all the others. And so then I don't need to buy another one for a couple of years. <laughs> We can all do that. We can all change the narrative to fit whatever. I grew up in a predominantly Latino neighborhood. I'd say mostly Mexican, Mexican-American. I remember, I remember things that I felt that I was, I guess, picked on. <laughs> First, being too sensitive, crying all the time, <laughs> which I've come to love about myself because I know why it happens. Being too tall, too smart, 
Yes, that's the thing. People don't like that. <laughs> Being too shy. Too, 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 too. Whatever. So, I remember feeling like I didn't like being stared at because I wasn't sure what they were judging me about. So, I gave them something to stare at. Shaved my head, had a mohawk, many piercings (laughs) all over. And... Attached with all kinds of other things going on in my family life and personal things that I was drowning, trying to keep at bay as a teen, drinking way too much, hanging out with criminals, really. (laughs) That's really what it is, in and out of prison. Angry, angry people. When I was in high school, my early years, um, before I really started drinking, I played volleyball. And I honestly remember thinking, why 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 are Mexicans called minorities you know I would see it in the news and I would think why are we called minorities why do they say that because all I saw was me people look like me and then I played a local high school just about 10 miles north of us and I was shocked it was predominantly white at the time and for sure the volleyball team. Excuse me. And honestly, I was, I was taken back. I had no idea. That's how naive I was. I had no idea that this many, that this, it, it just expanded my world. I was like, the world isn't, just my little town, my perspective, my context. And then another school, a little further north and east of us, is predominantly black. And I was just blown away. I'm being totally honest. It felt like different countries. And our little, our little team, it felt like it was really like, okay, it's like, it's the Latinos against the whites against the blacks. And it was, who's going to win? 
And of course, it was a volleyball game. And so in the, in the spirit of sport, there wasn't hate about it, but there's certain pride that happens when you win. And when you win for your school is totally different than when you're winning and you're seeing that it represents something deeper. Who's better? I have to say, I remember it was a tournament at the, uh, at the school that was predominantly white. They, they held the tournament. They were good. That school, they were a powerhouse, like many divisions higher than us. And I was still in junior varsity. It was my freshman year. I was still tripping over my own feet and growing. I think I grew two inches that year. <laughs> Very awkward, like a baby giraffe. And we did something incredible. We beat all the other teams out. <laughs> and we're in the championship game against that school. Outmatched by these giants towering over us. They, they not only knew they were good, obviously now knowing this, you know, what really was the sport was about, probably them playing club, going on to playing division one college teams on college teams. There was also symbolism there. There was. I didn't see it at the time as deeply as I do now. I knew it existed. I saw the way we were looked at. But I also, even though I can see things very quickly, I also keep myself in check and say, give people the benefit of the doubt. They're looking at you like that because they don't know you. Well, we got creamed. <laughs> and I remember a school in our district stayed, also Latinos, cheering for us. It felt good. They just a few games before were the rivals. And when we lost, our team did something that was pretty cool. They didn't, they changed the perspective. They, we took our power back, not because it was a, a racial thing, but because we were proud of ourselves as our team, that we made it that far. And it was regardless of all that other stuff that maybe other people were putting into it. We said, we came in second. We get a trophy. And we were chanting 
trophy, trophy. <laughs> and we kind of outshined them, the winning team. And they looked at us and thought we were ridiculous and we didn't care. We were so proud of ourselves. And yeah, in the, in the, in the ride home, I heard some of the girls on the team using racial slurs and saying things about the other team. And I, w I remember just being new to all this. But thinking, what does all this mean? Do I need to choose? Do I need to draw the line in the sand because I look this way? And now I'll tell you right now, some of the girls on that team were mean. My team, I didn't care for them. And I thought, I don't really know if I want to be on your side. <laughs> You're a mean person. <laughs> but it's like we get thrust into these compartments. Where do you belong? Who do you stand with? And we, we, we have, we have uh, clubs and organizations and associations and things that we define ourselves by because of beliefs maybe or lifestyle. But I think it also can be, it can also trap us sometimes when that's the only way we agree that that's who we are and we can only associate with and anyone outside of that's the enemy. I think of recent times of, uh, I don't know when we stopped being able to have conversations about our, our views. Politics, forget it. It's been over four years now that you cannot have a conversation. I suppose for my liberal friends, I'm a bit too conservative. For my friends on the left, I should say, I'm a bit too conservative. And for my friends on the right, I'm probably a bit too liberal. <laughs> I really sit with what I believe in and what I think. And this is a lesson that I learned, I think, pretty young. It's about 18, I stopped eating meat by choice. First, it was just cutting out red meat, be healthier. I read a book. I also was trying to be a model, so I wanted to drop weight. <laughs> I'm always a little on the athletic side, a bit thicker. And you know that at that time, that wasn't 
that wasn't the look. So in the nineties and I worked at Vaughn's market supermarket. And, um, as I was boxing the, the poultry, as it was dripping on the conveyor belt, like it no longer looked like, oh, that's going to, you know, I, I, I no longer could see it as, oh, that's going to taste good on the grill because I hadn't been eating it. And it looked like what it looks like to me now, which is carcass. <laughs> and I'm not saying this because I'm trying to get you to think my way, but that's, this is what I was thinking. And people get really upset when you go against the grain, when you do something that to them is so illogical, like not eating meat. I grew up in a family that we ate meat and my mom is a phenomenal cook. So it's not as if that was the problem. It was just my choice. And I sat with that and I, I didn't want to eat an animal anymore. And I, and I quickly saw how confrontational some people got with me, like ready to debate where protein sources are from and where am I going to get my nutrients? Like, Honestly, I had to look at sometimes my eyes kind of widen and think. I mean, I remember a doctor laughed at me. <laughs> and I thought, this is really interesting. And of course, a lot of things went in my head, like looking at the person who was telling me, you know, aside from that doctor and different people, but like, I don't really think of you as a health expert with your lifestyle, but you're lecturing me about nutrition. And I could have just said that and started arguing back. And I do not like confrontation. And I will see another person's point of view, try to smooth it out. So I learned that I didn't like to be attacked or told how I should live or what I should do. And so I made an unspoken vow. I didn't really think about it. I just decided. It wasn't like a moment that I said, that's it, I'm doing this. It just, I realize now looking back, I decided that I don't want to do that to people. I don't want to make them feel that they're not valuable for what they believe in or what the lifestyle they want to live. Because I didn't like the way it felt. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. God, I, I loved 
religion class. <laughs> that was my favorite subject when I went to Catholic school, first or fifth grade. I relished religion class. I loved listening to the nuns speak about the love of God. If a conversation happens right now, And you even question, even just, you didn't say you didn't agree, but you just ask somebody, especially if they put a post on social media, an angry post, and they copied and pasted it or reposted somebody's information. And you look at it and you might think, I'm not sure if that's completely accurate, or maybe that's just an opinion. And how about if someone else has a different opinion? Like, are you open to discussion? And if it's hard, people are just not open to discussion because nobody, I shouldn't say nobody. See, that's, that's another thing, saying everybody and nobody. That's not true. It isn't everybody and it isn't nobody. It's not absolutes. That's the problem. <laughs> We're speaking in absolutes. Them versus us. The other side. They who think that way are horrible because I'm good. I'm just. I'm right. Therein lies the evil. We are all... worthy we are all to be respected and honored we all have a different filter different ways we grew up different perspectives and some have hardened us for fear for loss because of anger and injustice or retaliation and a lot of it is because we look a certain way i've been looked at because of my color of my skin my height my being female the way i look i've been looked at and pointed fingers at and said what is that why does she look like that by a little kid and the parents gawking. Not telling their kid not to say things like that or point, but also starting to point themselves and laugh. And it's because I had a shaved head, some piercings. <laughs> so we all come from different places that something might rub us wrong and look really weird. And it still happens here in the United States. And it's not, it's just, I think for so long, we just kind of lived with it. Just 
yeah, that person's an asshole. That's it. They're not going to change. And the reality is we can't change other people. We can't shame other people into a different perspective. Because when you're pinned up against the wall, you become defensive. We can't tell somebody how awful they are for their points of view. And expect them to open their eyes and realize, you're right, I'm an asshole. Because no one really thinks they're an asshole. (laughs) And even if they did, they're okay with it. In other words, there is one person you are responsible for. One. And that's yourself. And the real work, that really deep shadow work, is asking yourself this question, is when you witness evil and you see something that you're just sick of seeing or feeling or witnessing, that you first, before you lash out, you say to yourself, Is there anywhere in my life that I act like that? Change that while you're working on solutions and positive ways to open up somebody's perspective. It's a lot easier for the sun to shine bright and make someone take off their coat than it is for a strong gust of wind to try to rip it away. We have to take off our own coats because we'll just cling tighter to that coat that's protected us, that we feel has protected us from them, whoever them is, the others, those who hurt us. We all just want to feel safe and loved. I I know I have a really unique perspective because I'm watching people destroy the places they live out of anger. I'm angry too. I'm so angry. But I'm also angry that we're trying to fight hate with hate. We're trying to say, I hate you for hating me. <laughs> it's like when you're fighting with, with 
somebody you love and you're like, I'm mad at you because you're mad at me. My grandfather was the uh, chief of police, police in Tijuana. I, he passed away when I was pretty young, so I didn't know him that well. I remember him. My husband is a police officer. I know so many amazing men and women who are police officers. And I am horrified at people just not caring that they are human beings too. Personally, I think that this is a long process, but we need to be sincere about what we are saying we are doing if we really want change and us to look at each other and respect each other, that we need to do that to every single person, especially those who have a different point of view than us or they don't see us fully. We need to outshine that. Be better. Love harder. We need to be vulnerable enough to say, I am not going to hurt you, even if you hurt me. First, us. I'm terrified. There is evil in our hearts that is coming up from old wounds. And that's the fight. We need to keep ourselves in check and remember that we are of the light. We are all God's creation. We are all inherently good, but we all need to choose to resonate that, especially when it's hard. Especially when you're being attacked, especially in the middle of the fray. So what do we do? I don't think it's good enough to just yell and demand. There's a place to be upset and to to not tolerate anymore. I've for sure played my role in those parts.
But unless there's a possible solution or an open conversation and compromise, we live together. We're going to have different perspectives and there needs to be dialogue. And we need to just stop copying and pasting and having stats ready. That's not serving us right now. What do you need? What do I need? As if it's in a marriage. I work on myself. You work on yourself. And then together we create the relationship. And we work on that as well. Racism is prejudging, prejudice, discriminating. That's at its core. And it happens in every color, religion, sexual preference. And the thing about it is, it's not just them doing it to us. That's not, that's not what happens. We judge each other all the time. And it happens from our own people. So if we really, really want to fix, mend, heal, expand, grow, we need to look inside ourselves. See the brain, how it works is it looks at anything from the past and it wants to keep us safe. That's its job is to keep us alive and safe. And this is something that's been passed down. That's why we're here today. Because this is something that our ancestors were able to do. Is to quickly assess, is, am I safe? And in the past, when we lived in smaller communities and everyone, well, literally was related to us one way or another, we all looked very similar. So if anyone looked different, there was a posed threat. That's hardwired in us. So we need to acknowledge that. That's what we are keeping ourselves to feel safe. But it happens at smaller levels. You know, people inside communities who saw horrible things happen in their neighborhood, those horrible things, those crimes, they happened inside the community by their community members, by people 
who looked just like them, maybe even a relative. And so a lot of people will want somebody else to blame that doesn't look like us because it's shameful to say somebody on the inside did this. And we have to peel away to really get at the root of this. We are afraid. It's fear-based. We want to be safe. And we just want to make sure that we're not going to get hurt. So we put boundaries, we protect ourselves, and we point fingers. We say, don't hurt me. And when people want to make change, it's really hard to keep yourself in check and say, I know that this is the way humans are hardwired to keep me feeling safe. Thank you, brain, for doing your job. But now I need to drop into my heart space when I look at somebody outside me that I don't know, that looks different, that believes in something different than I do. And when we drop into our heart space, now we are connecting soul to soul. And trust that we can learn to let go of those shields and let someone else in, get to know them. Because all this is because we forgot who we are. We forgot that we are beautiful souls the spark of God, all of us. And if we really remembered who we are, that we are more than just what we look like. Then we can be in that ever-present moment, not judge somebody by the actions that they've done in the past or that their ancestors have done or what we think that they might do. But in that moment right there, even if they are hurting us, can we love them even if they're hurting us? Because it's not time for the preaching anymore. We need to live the way our teachers taught us, who sacrificed their lives for us, 
violence happened to them. Horrific things. They were tortured, murdered. And they did it to show us that it's not about, it's not just about what you say, it's how you live. It's keeping yourself in check constantly. Do I know who I am? Who do I want to be in this moment? And we're going to get hurt and there's going to be anger and we need to feel those things and process those things. But to just retaliate and react is being more hurtful. And then we're fueling a very dangerous, dark, evil Then we forgot who we are. And those that have stepped up and said, I don't like the injustice in my neighborhood. I don't like this. I want to teach that there can be a better way. It's a hard path, no matter what the title or job description is that you chose. Because you have to constantly come back to putting, keeping yourselves in check. And if what you're about to say is not going to help with shining the light of love and reminding people who they really, really are, then just sit with that. Don't keep adding to the chaos and the noise. We need less. We need less complaints. We need less yelling. We need less violence. We need acts of love. Because peace, love, those are not passive. They are brave acts, unconditional acts of love to work towards peace and harmony and respect and honor. Those are action words. They're calls to action. But it starts with you in your home, in your community. Because it's easy to blame external things. It's hard to look at yourself and say, where do I act like this? 
do I oppress my coworkers, my children, my parents? Do I condemn my family member who's gay, who doesn't eat meat, <laughs> who prays to God in a different way that I do? That's where you start. Because if that doesn't change, then it doesn't matter who you're mad at, who you blame. You're just adding to the violence. And by saying words like, they hurt me, so fuck them. They deserve it. Those are words of black magic. Those are curses. That is casting out very dark, dark spells. Don't let it creep in. You have to keep coming back to yourself and remember who you are. We are all the same. We're all connected. You are me. I am you. We act different. We look different because we come from different upbringings. We have a different filter. That doesn't mean it's less good. And ultimately, when you live in fear and you're afraid of somebody who's different than you, then usually that's when you act like an asshole. And it doesn't matter. That being an asshole does not care what color, religion, species <laughs> you are. That darkness that creeps in, that evil that creeps in, has no doesn't care we'll take it all and evil has no prejudice evil has no Evil chooses all. Will harden any heart that lets it in.
we need to remember that. So harden not your heart. Don't let it in. Don't let evil creep in. Because it doesn't care what color you are, what country you live in, what religion you are. That feeling of being entitled and you hurt me, therefore you shall suffer. Don't let that creep in. It's so easy to point at somebody from the outside and say, you hurt me, so you will pay. And that has no boundaries. That somebody living from fear will always have a defense around them and push back. We know this. It happens within our own families, our own community, our own people, our own religion, whatever. It's an inside job that starts spreading. Remember who you are. Because when you remember who you are, when you recognize someone is living in fear or is afraid, just shine your light a little bit more. And if they want to get to know you, they will, because they'll know your heart. What you look like stops mattering. We don't go into other people's perspective enough and say, let me not immediately judge you, but let me ask questions, get to know you, or even just stop and think. This person has a whole other story that I don't know. That's how we fix things. When we really care about solving problems, about moving forward, about compromise, we really, really, really want to live in harmony, then we see the other person's perspective and we look at ours and we find a middle ground so that we all can feel safe. We all can feel valued. If you really want to know why some people act a certain way,
Maybe look at where they came from. If you don't understand, then maybe it's time to go into their, their world. Because we can all assume that's easy to assume. Very easy. And then we make a quick decision and a judgment and there it is forever. Even if that was just that action, that moment, that person in their community or in their job that did that. That doesn't mean it's all. If you really want to know how to make a difference and you want this to be better, then drop into the other person's shoes. Go on a ride along with the police officer. Not for a day, for a week. Volunteer. At the department, there's a lot of community resources. Then you can make suggestions. Then you can help change things. I think every governor, every mayor, they need to act like what a manager at a department store should. Do work in each department to really understand the way they function, what they do, and then a holistic solution can happen where all departments are working together in synergy so that people aren't miscommunicating and the system works beautifully in harmony. So instead of being reactive, when something happens, say, oh yeah, that's not me. That's not how I am. They must be doing a bad job. Maybe. But we don't really know how to fix things until we're in their perspective, until we see what they do every single day. Police officers are called when shit hits the fan, (laughs) when something bad happens. When someone's driving recklessly, speeding, ran a red light, could have hit a pedestrian. Are some cops assholes? Yes. And you know what? I've met a lot of assholes that have every job in the world. And it's hard. It's hard to watch when you are part of a community and somebody's acting like an asshole or evil. It's heartbreaking. It's a betrayal. 
It's shameful. And the way we make it better is not by saying, that's not me. And blaming. But our actions just be better, be good, show love. And then others that are witnessing these things be receptive to trusting and allowing that person to show that they can act in love so that we don't just keep going back in time and saying, well, you did that once or somebody in your group, in your community, in your job, in your race did that before. So I don't trust you. How are we going to move forward? We're casting into the future, the worst case scenario. We're asking someone not to judge us, but we're judging them. That makes no sense. You don't fight evil with fear, with condemnation. You have to be brave and be more loving. That light shines so bright, it blinds evil. It's like, if, if, if the house is messy and your kids throw their shoes anywhere and you're screaming at them and it's just adding to the mess, they don't know where it belongs. But together, if you tidy up and work together and then everything, okay, that's where they belong. So that once the shoes are in, put in, out of place, it's noticeable. It's the sh- you can see that the shoe's out of place because everything else is is nice, tidy. We don't need more complication. We need simplification. Lead with love, right? Be love. And if you're not feeling that way, then don't act. Stop, breathe, pray, meditate, and wait. That's not being weak. That's putting yourself in check and remembering who am I? Who do I want to be in this moment? Because some things we cannot take back. And when we're hurt, those things run so deep. I know it's harder to do the good, right thing and be loving. I want all of our children 
to grow up in a beautiful world. But it has to start with us. That's the challenge. If you are in the street, at the park, anywhere, and you see a bunch of trash, it's really easy to just say, well, mine isn't going to add anymore. It doesn't matter. And just throw your trash on the floor. Or that's somebody else's job to clean up. Or how disgusting this place is. These people that do this are assholes. All those things might be actual facts. You dropped your trash and it adds one more, may not be as noticeable. People who did that may have been acting like assholes. That might be somebody's job to clean it up. But what's your job? Isn't our job to not add to that person's mess, to the mess, to that person's job? Can't we walk to the trash, even if it's across the park, and throw ours away? Maybe even the next time we go, take a bag, pick up some trash. Maybe find out when the trash gets cleaned up and volunteer to help, because that person may be overwhelmed. And then when it's clean, if somebody drops their trash on the floor, it's going to be very noticeable. And then everybody can be more mindful and maybe gently remind that person, hey, there's a trash can right over there. Or put more trash cans around. Or notice. Maybe that person can't walk that far. Maybe they dropped the trash by accident. Maybe they don't care. But none of those things are as important as the action you do. Because you can only change yourself. And you can affect other people by the way you act. But you cannot demand somebody else to change their ways or act a different way by being hurtful, by being violent by shaming them. That's just proving them right of their prejudice that they have about you anyway. We can do this. We can do this.
all those peacemakers. that died. Let's not let that go in vain. When we witness acts of atrocity, our heart breaks. But we cannot retaliate with violence. It just feeds the evil I know that my husband's a very private person and he's not going to like that I speak about this, but I think it's important because God has put us here with this unique perspective. His first job was a park ranger. And even though they're law enforcement, um, they didn't carry firearms. And he said they had to learn how to speak, read language, body language, approach differently, and de-escalate a situation, and that it was scary. But that's what, that's what he had to learn how to do. And I think that's the key. It's not about taking away or or adding more weapons, I should say, or taking away weapons. Like, that's not just the answer there. Because we can say, okay, have all police officers not have weapons. But what happens when there's somebody that is trying to hurt someone else and like a mass shooter, then, then what? I mean, these are all questions. These are all real valid questions because these are the truths. This is what happens every day. And we need to put everything on the table and not just say, yeah, but that's not what we're talking about right now. It has to be what we're talking about everything. If we really want change, we need to talk about everything. I see him come home exhausted. Police officers, they get called when the shit hits the fan. (laughs) They are not put in situations that are happy most of the time. And even if they pull someone over, that person's oftentimes upset. Maybe it's about the mindset of having our police officers be more of community service people, running community events, doing more community work, talking more. I think it would maybe have different people apply for those positions if they're required to actually be a part of the community. And just like anything else, 
it's going to take everybody on board because the community who has been hurt and feels resentful needs to put that weapon down of defense and let him in. Trust. And people are going to mess up and they're going to fuck it up again because that's what it is to be human. But we need to just keep going and uplifting and the ones that mess up we need to not blame the collective and say that it's all of them because that's what we're asking to not be looked at as a category. So we need to not do it ourselves and it's going to be hard, but it's worth it. We want our children to grow up. In a loving world. And it starts with us. You know, maybe if all leaders and people in pressured positions, doctors, lawyers, <laughs> politicians, maybe they're all required to the last hour they have to just decompress and journal, and meditate, pray, however that looks for them. I think that might get some people who are very power hungry to not want to do that. Or maybe that will soften them. There's a lot I can say. It's not about what I say. It's about you. Right now. The you. The archetype of you. <laughs> you know, the American flag has been a symbol of hope as well as a symbol of tyranny, a symbol of promise and freedom and opportunity as well as a symbol of destruction, genocide, all in one symbol. But that's... That's what all symbols are. It's what it symbolizes to you. That's why it's a symbol. And in archetype terms, our country is very young. The United States is like a teenager. Wild, rambunctious takes no shit, proves that they can do it, that we can do it in spite of somebody else. That wild teenager that thinks they can do no wrong, they're mortal, and they're always right.
in other countries that have more wisdom look at us like, because they're fucking crazy. But on the other hand, sometimes other countries with long, long, rich history is very slow to change. When we hear, sure, we'll try it. It doesn't seem like that to us here, that change happens quickly, but it does. So how can we use that wild at heart, that spirit of youth? How can we use it to our advantage? Think of the, the teenager that you know or the teenager that was you. What lit you up? But then how did you channel that into innovation and creation, expression for good? Were you able to do that? Well, here's our chance. We're all here. We're all here. And we get to decide what this new symbol means together. Because we can't be separate anymore. And maybe never before has any country been on the brink of self-destruction riots, revolution, civil war. Maybe we can be the ones that say, this is how you change. This is how you do it. Put down your weapons. Put down your literal weapons and put down your shield that has hardened you so that you can actually hold hands and embrace each other. We can do this, but we have to want to. And that might mean putting aside some things, some things that we want to say, because finally we get a chance. But if it's not going to bring good, then you have to think, is it, is it even worth saying? Is it worth having the last word? Or is it worth living in a country that it has love and respect? I love all of you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this useful and engaging and something that you want to continue tuning into. So don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and a five-star review would be amazing. Thank you very much. If you are inclined to leave a review, share with anyone else that you feel that, um, might be interested in this and, um, 
don't forget, you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, but the easiest way to find me is through my website and it has all the, all the social media links, uh, rosievelasquez.com. And I will post that in the show notes. So once again, keep following those threads. Know that there's a message in every single thing. And you're not doing this alone. We are all interwoven in this beautiful web of the universe. <laughs>